Hello, Harvest. Uh, what a strange week this has been. Um, someone told me the other day, it's kind of like uh, Y2K and, and 9-11 have, have come together, and, and it, it does feel close to that. Uh, but even though uh, we can't meet together in our building, I'm so grateful that we can make a video and getting God's word together. Um, I do wanna thank the people have, that have made this happen. Uh, Ray, Alyssa, Scott have been with me as, as we're, we're shooting this video, as we uh, made the video that we sent to you, I think on Thursday as well. That video was, I think like a seven or eight minute video, but it took us two hours to shoot. So it's there's been a lot of work going into this. I'm also grateful uh, to Drew for loaning us uh, the equipment to make this happen. I was really hoping that after uh, the, the sermon that we would be able to record a song. I, I was going to have Kai come in and, and lead us in a song that we could all sing together in our homes, um, but we're not going to be able to do that this week. It, it might be a few weeks before we figure out um, how to make that really work. So for today, there's three options. Uh, one is uh, you can just break out in song with whoever you're with. Look up a song, uh, get the lyrics, and, and sing to the Lord together in response to uh, the truth that, that we're going to hear in God's Word today. Um, or you could um, look at some of the links below the video. We've uh, selected some songs um, that just really seem to fit um, where we are today in our passage, but also with what's, what's going on in our world right now. And the last one is uh, we do have a Spotify playlist of the songs that we sing on Sundays. Probably not all of them, but most of them. Um, it's on our website. Hopefully you heard about that through the email that was sent out earlier this week. Uh, if Harvest is your, your home church um, and you didn't get the email, that means we don't have your contact information. So if you could fill out the contact card below this video, uh, we would love to be in contact with you. It's been hard um, during this last week and a half or so to figure out how to get a hold of some people that we just don't have contact information for. So that would really help us because we, we want to be connected. We want to make sure uh, you're doing all right and, and that you know what's, uh, what's going on with our people. Um, let's pray before we jump in. Uh, Lord, we love you. God, we want to put our trust in you, Lord, we don't want to be an anxious people. We want to be a people that are full of peace because we know you. We know the living God. So would you open your word to us, Spirit? Would you teach us from your word as we get into to Jesus' words in, in the Gospel of Matthew today? It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're limited on the length of this video uh, just because of the equipment we have. So um, we're just going to jump right in. And like I said, we're in Matthew today. We'll not be in 2 Samuel this week. Um, at some point, we'll be back in 2 Samuel. I don't know exactly when. Um, but Jesus has some word for, words for us about worrying. Um, in, in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, he talks about that. I want to start in, in verse 34, even though this is uh, the final verse and, and it's kind of the final punch of this passage. I want to start here. Jesus says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right? Being anxious is, uh, or worried, it's future-oriented. Uh, we're looking to tomorrow and we're worried about what might happen in the coming days. Um, my guess is that for most of us, right in this moment, we're not worried about what's happening right now. 
We're worried about things that, that might come tomorrow or beyond. But right now, we're surviving. And, and Jesus says, don't borrow from tomorrow's worries. He, he says, you have enough to deal with today. Concentrate on, on what the troubles are today. Um, and if I stop and I take an inventory uh, of how I'm doing, how, how God is doing actually at providing for me, he's giving me everything I need. I, I have nothing to worry about in this moment. What worry does is it, it gets us to, to steal from the troubles of another day and import them into today rather than just living in today and trusting. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. So back up to the top, verse 25, he says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So Jesus says, don't be anxious. And this isn't just a recommendation like, hey, this would be really good for you to not be anxious. No, this is a command. He's telling his people, don't be anxious. Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. Those things are temporary, right? Christ doesn't want us to worry about these things that, that are fleeting, that are temporary. But it's really easy for us to get caught up in temporal things. But really, these things will not matter five years from now, 30 years from now, certainly not 10,000 years from now in eternity with our Lord. We need to live in today. And again, we take inventory, we look around and realize that God has given us everything that we need for today. So Jesus uses the birds of the air as an example. He says they don't plant, they don't reap, right? They're not storing food in barns or in pantries, right? Birds aren't worried about toilet paper. They're not going out and buying ammunition. Um, God cares for their needs, right? He feeds the birds. Jesus is reminding us God is sovereign, Right? The, the bird eats a worm or seeds or whatever birds eat, and that's because God's provided for them. And, and he's reminding us of something critical here. If God cares for birds that much, how much more will he care about us who are of way more value than the birds? He's telling us God loves us. Right? So the reminder here is that we need to rest in his love for his people. He loves you and he cares about you. Has God ever failed you? No, he will take care of you. And we're facing times that we have not faced before. We don't know what's coming in the next weeks, but we do know the one who knows exactly what's coming. And not just in this pandemic, but in all of history, we know that God loves his people, that he's gathering his people to himself and that nothing will prevent him from doing exactly what he has purposed so we can rest in the love that God has for us. I hope you know that if you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, that you can rest in that love that he has for you. You're secure because Christ died for you. He, he died for your sins to purchase you and nothing, uh, nothing you do, nothing anyone else does can take you out of the hands of Jesus. We don't have time to get into Romans 8 today, but I would encourage you, read Romans 8 if you're worried. Read Romans 8 if you're concerned. And, and Romans 8 will help you remember that God has you in his hands and that nothing can happen to change that.
My guess is that most of you, maybe all of you, know that Jesus loves you, that Jesus provides, but we still find ourselves anxious about all kinds of things right now. And maybe you're worried about your job, or maybe maybe you're a business owner, and you're not just worried about the financial health of your business, but you're worried about all of your employees and the families that, that are dependent on your business. Maybe you're worried about catching the coronavirus, or, or parents, maybe you're worried about childcare as your kids are out of school for who knows how long, or, or maybe, maybe just how you're gonna make it through each day with your kids in your house all day long. Or, or perhaps you're concerned about someone that is really vulnerable uh, to COVID-19. First Peter says this in First Peter 5, 7. He says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can, we can cast everything we're worried about on the God who not only cares for us, but provides for us the God that is good, the God that loves us. So one way to combat worry is to remember that God loves you. Jesus goes on in verse 27, he says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And of course, Jesus' words here are brilliant. Being anxious cannot add to your life. In fact, what it does is it takes away from your life. The equation with worry in it is always an equation of subtraction. I've never looked back on a time that I was really worried about something and thought, man, I'm so glad that I spent all that time worrying. It didn't help me. It never helps me, right? You're familiar, I'm sure, with studies on the physical impact of worry, right? Or, or the impact on our mental health when we're anxious. It's never good for us. Right? It's, it's us often being hyper-focused on ourselves. Even when our concern is for people that we love, there, there's a selfish aspect to it, and, and we're, we're, we're really, really concerned about ourselves. Worry subtracts from your life. It doesn't add to it. I actually heard a, a study recently that estimates that less than 10% of the things we worry about come to fruition. Right? So more than 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. What a waste of time. It's not worth it at all. Verse 28, Jesus says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So Jesus' point here might seem like it's the same as, as when he's talking about the birds of the air, but he takes a different angle, right? If God clothes, clothes the grass, if he makes the lilies of the field beautiful, even though they're here today and gone tomorrow, what will he do with you? Right? And, and it's not just a comparison of, hey, you're going to outlive them by 70, 80 years. No, in Christ, we know that, that we will live for eternity. So how much more will God care for his own people who he has saved for eternity, who he is destined to dwell with him? Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we don't do anything. I'm not saying that, that we aren't prepared. We plan ahead. Um, in the situation we're in now, we've been told, hey, you need to buy food and supplies for probably at least a couple weeks. Um, but we don't, we don't furnish an end-of-the-world bunker that's going over the top. Jesus tells us that the world, people who don't know God, who don't know Yahweh, they're anxious about these temporary things, right? The way of the world is to be worried. The way of the world is to be anxious. But we have a heavenly father that knows everything better, better than we do. God knows what we need from him. As a dad, I've never once forgotten to feed my kids. There have been times when like my wife's been out of town and maybe I forgot to get a vegetable in the meal, but I've never once forgot to feed them or make sure that, that they drink some water or some milk. I've never forgotten uh, to have them brush their teeth. Our, our Heavenly Father is dialed in to everything that we need because He created us and He loves us. Now, this does not mean that life won't be hard. Right? It doesn't mean that Christians don't ever lose their jobs or get sick or go through really, really difficult times. But it does mean that God knows better than we do what we need. I don't know about you, but I keep thinking about James chapter 1 um, as this pandemic goes on. Verse 2, um, it's a strange verse when you first meet Jesus and you hear James say this, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. I remember when I was first reading my Bible, I'm like, what is this? But what James does is he pulls back the curtain and he lets us see what God is doing during those trials, that God is at work, that he's exposing where our faith needs to grow and he produces what he wants in us. So verses three and four, he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm confident that God is uh, going to show his people through this pandemic where we need to grow. Uh, I think that he's exposing where our trust in him is really weak. And that's what anxiety is, right? It's a, it's a lack of trusting in God. Maybe it's, maybe it's not trusting that God is good or perhaps not trusting that he is sovereign or that he's loving or just or that God has the power to, to intercede, uh, to, to come into uh, what's happening in our lives right now. But whatever it is, there's a deficit of trust in who God is. And I think that God is showing us through this pandemic how much we trust in our circumstances rather than trusting in him. We can trust that God is going to use this really hard time. And I don't think there's a single Christian that will escape the difficulty of these times. So God is shaping all of us at the same time, he's working in us and producing in us what he knows is good, what he wants to. And there might be different nuances in what he produces in you uh, compared to uh, someone in your family, compared to me. But I think there's going to be a lot of similarities too. Uh, I'm sure like me, uh, through your life, you've heard uh, things like uh, so-and-so, they don't trust banks because they grew up through the Great Depression. Or, uh, or this person, you know, they're this way because they lived through 
the war or uh, yeah, her parents were hippies, so that's why she's that way or, or whatever. I wonder what God is going to produce in Christians through this time. And, and it's strange to think that, that this is a global thing that we're all going through. Um, so I'm praying that God wakes us up. And Christians, if we're honest, we love this world way too much. We're supposed to be exiles, meaning that, that this is not our home, that our home is, is with Christ, right? That, that we're living for what God will do in, in bringing down heaven to earth, the new heavens and the new earth. So that means that this is temporary, but we live, I live like this is everything, like this is what matters. We live so much like the world, like people that don't know God. And I'm praying that God will strip this from me. And, and I notice that I kind of cringe even as I say that, because part of me doesn't want God to strip this from me. But, but that's what we need, is that God would, would strip our love of this world and set our eyes on things above. The section in, in Matthew that we're in, if you go just before it, Jesus talks about not laying up treasures on earth, but laying up treasures in heaven. I keep seeing articles about the stock market. You know, the stock market has uh, taken multiple dives. Um, and, and people are talking about, is this the time to buy? Have we hit bottom? I think they call it buying the dip, right? So, so you're buying low as much as you can so that it, when it comes back up to normal, you make all this money. Well, Christians, do we see this time as an opportunity to invest in God's kingdom, an opportunity to seek first his kingdom. Well, we're told in, in Matthew 9, 38, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And he tells us, pray that God would raise up laborers. Are we doing that? Are we praying that God would raise up laborers, including ourselves, to go and tell everyone about the good news that we have in Jesus? I heard uh, about the Christians in Wuhan where this whole thing started, that they were looking for opportunities to be light in a very dark and scary time, right? And we know way more now about COVID-19 than they knew then. And there were Christians that were taking great risks in order to, to be light and salt to this world, hoping that they would get to share about the hope and the peace that they have. Jesus, in our passage today, he calls us to peace even when things are not peaceful, even when it feels like our world is falling apart. And this is so countercultural to not be panicked. And, and while Jesus' words to not be anxious um, might seem hard, might seem impossible to you, I'm guessing that you would agree that all of his arguments are sound, right? That ultimately God's people cannot worry because we are connected to the one who's in total control. Jesus is our peace. Jesus changes everything. So in verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All the things we worry about. God says he's going to supply to those who trust in him and set their minds and hearts and actions on his kingdom. Right? Jesus gives us an antidote here to worry. He says, seek God's kingdom instead. God will supply us with everything we need when we follow him. Again, doesn't mean life will be easy, right? Life might be one trial 
after another. One loss piled up on top of another loss. But Jesus is telling us that God will give us all that we need. He will meet every need that we have in order to follow him to the end. That when we seek him, no matter what hardship we face, no matter what suffering we might be enduring, he will give us what we need to continue to do his will and to endure with him. The book of Matthew ends with the Great Commission. And in Jesus' words, his, his commission, his command to the disciples, really, it's impossible from a human standpoint to go and make disciples of all nations all over the globe. That is impossible unless we consider what Jesus says after that. He says, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, for some people, not being worried right now might sound just as impossible. And it is if you're just dependent on what you can do. But if it is in light of Jesus being with you, strengthening you, sustaining you, then living without worry is for you too. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, I think connects really well to what Jesus just said in verse 33. He says, um, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. During this pandemic, I wonder what will it look like to set your mind on things that are above, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How will it change your day-to-day -day activity? Does it change what you'll do when you see your neighbors drive by? How will it change your time on social media? How will it change um, your downtime as, as you're trying to unwind from a stressful day? I came across uh, an interesting graphic this last year. Um, it's called the Wisdom Pyramid, and I think it'd be helpful for us to think uh, through this. You, you might remember, if you're old enough, the Food Pyramid. It came out in 1992, and it was this. Uh, it was a graphic of a pyramid, and it, it showed you um, the types of foods and the quantity that that you should eat. Right, so. Uh, good foods were on the bottom, and actually the pyramids have been changed now that we know more about nutrition, but uh, foods like fruits and veggies, they're on the bottom now, right? And, and like a, a, a candy bar, while it's okay to have a little bit, it, that's on the top, because you're, you're just not supposed to have much. So uh, th this is the, the wisdom pyramid, and I think we're actually going to get it up on the screen here um, for you. You won't see my face for a bit. Um, but this is made by Brett McCracken, he's a pastor, um, somewhere in the U.S. He made this in 2017, and I, I think it's actually really helpful. And you might not agree with every detail on here. I'm not, I'm not sure that I do either. Um, but what he does is he helps us think through uh, what we need to take in, what's good for us to consume throughout our day. And I'm not talking about food. I'm, I'm talking about the things we read, the things we listen to, the things we watch. So you'll notice on the bottom, it, it's the Bible, right? Our daily bread. That, that's what we need the most of. Then um, 
then it, it, he goes up to the church saying that the, the church needs to gather together. Not, not just fellowship with some believers, though that's part of it, but, but the church gathered together to hear God's word as well. And, and he goes on from there. But it, it's really got me thinking about, okay, what do I take in every day? And I think it'd be good for you to spend some time this week reflecting on what your pyramid actually looks like. Maybe draw it out. And, and, and label your pyramid. And, and I'd, I'd encourage you to think through how much time you spend on social media, on Netflix, on news articles, on podcasts that you're into. You know, how much time you're spending in God's word. Are, are you committed? I know we can't gather as a church now, but, but are you committed to being a part of the church? Um, at some point, all this information we're getting about the coronavirus is too much. It's good to keep up. It's good to know some, but but we want to limit how much we take in. We really, instead of like uh, binging on news articles or people binge on Netflix, and do you ever just binge on like the Book of John? That's what we should be doing. Let me let me uh, read again. I know I read Matthew six thirty four already, but it says therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And again, the point's simple. I know I already said it, but each day is enough to deal with. God's given us what we need for today's challenges. What we need to do is trust that God will supply your every need for today because he's, thank, uh, he's faithful. I want to close uh, with uh, some words from Charles Spurgeon. He was a pastor back in the 1800s, I think in London. Um, he lived through and did ministry through a, a few different uh, cholera outbreaks. And this is what he said in 1866 to uh, pastors and Christians. He said, and now again is the minister's time. And now is the time for all of you who love souls, meaning Christ followers. Uh, You may see men more alarmed than they already are. And if they should be, mind you that you avail yourselves of the opportunity of doing them good. You know of him who died to save, Tell them of him. Lift high the cross before their eyes. Tell them that God became man, that man might be lifted to God. Tell them of Calvary and its groans and cries and sweat of blood. Tell them of Jesus hanging on the cross to save sinners. Tell them that there is life for a look at the crucified one. Tell them that he is able to save to the uttermost all them that come unto God by him. Tell them that he is able to save even at the 11th hour and say to the dying thief, today shalt thou thou be with me in paradise. I think there will be great opportunities for the gospel coming up for God's people that are seeking first his kingdom. And we can trust that God will continue to supply everything that we need as we faithfully serve him. So let's pray to that end, harvest. Let's pray that God would would produce much fruit and that we would even get to be a part of that. Let me pray right now. Lord, we love you. God, I I thank you again that the technology exists for us to come together and to get into your word. And I thank you for, for Jesus' words to us about worry. And they're applicable all the time. Uh, They certainly fit with what we need right now. Lord, would you set our eyes on your kingdom? Would you help us to trade trade your kingdom for our worries, Lord? Would we be faithful to you, God? Lord, I pray for our Harvest family. Jesus, I do pray that you would keep us healthy, but even more than that, I pray that you would keep our eyes set on you, Lord. It's in your name we pray, amen.
Well, I would encourage you after the video is done, if you want to sing some together with whoever you're with, that's great. I would also encourage you to pray together. But first, I want you to just give thanks. I want you to spend time just thanking the Lord. I, I was thinking how grateful I am that, that um, this really started off with good weather, right? Uh, for our family, it's been so helpful that, that with our kids being home and just the difference of no school and things being canceled, that we have great weather. And I'm grateful for that. So I want you to spend some time just thinking about all the things you can thank God for. And, and then I want you to pray for our world. Pray for uh, leaders in government, pray for medical professionals, pray for families, pray about the uh, economies, um, the global economies, pray for your neighbors. Um, as we go, we'll, we'll keep you posted week by week. Uh, but for now, uh, I'll say goodbye, grace and peace to you, Harvest.